Stand with me if you would, just, just for three or four minutes, five minutes. I, I, want, to, I want to preface tonight uh, by just kind of quickly going through my text from this morning. This is not my text for tonight. Uh, my text for tonight is, is much shorter, but to give some context to tonight... Uh, because I am really preaching part two of this morning's message. And many of you were in the other building classes. And, of course, our other campuses were spread out and not able to be here this morning. But this morning I preached about destroying the Canaanite culture. And I'm going to preach part two of that tonight. And these are, these are not intended to be sermons. They are intended to be launching pads for what I believe the Lord is going to do in this place tonight. We are, we are going to war tonight. And we are, we are going to war against everything that the enemy would dare to try to bring against the body of Christ, the church locally here uh, in the metro area, and individual lives, whether it's sickness or um, just attack of any kind But I, I want to read this And I, wanna, I want you to pay very Very close attention to everything That the Lord said here And, and uh, Brooklyn I know I'm throwing you a curve But I'm going back to Deuteronomy chapter 7 And then we'll go to those passages of scripture That I, I sent you And we appreciate our media team Being as agile as they are Amen Whether by choice or not Amen he said, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, Gergesites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. These are seven nations that are greater and mightier than thou. When the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly, everybody say utterly, destroy them. They're greater and mightier than they, you are, but you're going to utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant, everybody say no covenant, nor show mercy unto them. Amen. We're going to make the devil cry mercy, and then we're not going to show any. Neither shalt thou make marriages, be careful, with them. Making sure I'm reading that right. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. Amen. Ain't no boy, ain't no girl, ain't no man, woman worth breaking the covenant of the Lord over. You don't have to like that. It's true. Verse 4, For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. These nations are greater and mightier than thou, and the Lord is going to help you to utterly destroy them. But he said, If you start making covenants with the wrong people, 
the Lord will turn around and destroy these suddenly. Verse 5, but thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire, for thou art a holy people. Everybody say holy people. We're a holy people. Amen. Not because we're self-righteous, but because he is righteous. Holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee. You are a chosen generation to be a special people. You are a special people above all that are upon the face of the earth. And nobody like you guys. The Lord did set his love upon, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you. The Lord said he, the Bible said he chose me because you were more in number. He didn't choose us because we were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers that the Lord brought you out of a, uh, with a mighty hand and redeems you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And I love this last verse here. And he repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. God said, I'll... I'll do it right in their face. I'm not even going to show them any mercy. I'm going to do it in their face. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. And then this morning I talked about the call, the call to stewardship. I talked about the call to be glorified, the call to fellowship, the call to his kingdom, the call to eternal inheritance. And the call to the great banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm not going to miss that moment. There's nothing in this world that is worth missing that moment. Amen. Now, I'll leave four verses for us to launch from tonight. Thank you for being patient. Exodus 30 and 30, thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons. Everybody say anoint. Thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me in the priest office. That is an important statement. I want you to anoint them to minister to me in the priest office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel saying, this shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Look at how careful he was about the anointing. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured. Neither shall you make any other like it. There's nothing like the anointing. After the composition of it, it is holy and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger... The anointing ain't going to just sit on everybody. Though it is for everybody. He said, don't you put it on a stranger. And he said, if you do that, you shall be cut off from his people. You shall be cut off from his people. So I want to talk to you a little while about destroying the Canaanite culture. Just before you're seated, if you would just 
indulge me please and make contact with somebody about you there and, and let's pray not only for a, an openness and receptivity to the word of God but that his anointing would sit down upon each person in this place in a very special way Father we, we need you Oh, God, in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you just kind of wade out into it? Would you just kind of move out into it? Father, in your name, Jesus. We've got to have you tonight, Lord. I pray that every mind would be focused on you and every heart, every body, every individual. Lord, in Jesus' name. God, you are worthy of praise. I pray against every distraction. I pray against everything that would prevent us from seeing the victory that you desire to give us in this place tonight. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord with a great zeal? And would you shout to him with a great shout of praise in advance? Amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. I, I believe I saw, and I know she was in town. I think I saw, there she is right there, Sister Jackson's mother. We're glad that she is here, and we miss her. And uh, I know there's a lot of family members here. I saw uh, Nate and, and others or whatever, and they just need to be careful that way. We don't steal her back, uh, bring her back to Louisville. I, I just want to talk to you here for a little while. I want to I want to give you a little instruction, but... As I'm, as I'm talking, I want you to make up in your mind that any form of bondage at all in your life, that you're going to let the Lord break it tonight. You say, well, man, we do this every service. That's right. But, but we're going to keep on doing it. Because the enemy is full. He's full time. He's full-time. He don't, he don't even take coffee breaks. Um, and so he's relentless, and, and he's not going to let up. He's going to keep us bound if we can. He's going to keep our attitude crossways if he can. If he's he's going to put some things in front of us that we think we can't live without, try to pull us into that so we miss out on God's purpose and call and plan for our life. And so we need some things to break tonight. In the 29th chapter of the book of Exodus, the Bible said, And unleavened bread and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened, anointed with oil, of wheat and flour shall they make them. Leavened bread was not anointed with oil. Only unleavened bread is tempered with oil and anointed with oil because God only anoints 
things that he can use for his purpose. He only anoints things that he can use for his purpose. And of course, Christ was the ultimate fruition of the unleavened bread. The unleavened bread was a type of Christ who would come as the anointed one. He was the Christ. He was the Christos. He was the anointed one. And then in verse 5 of the same chapter, he said, Thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod. He was getting ready for ministry. He said, and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Now, he was... He was being anointed for the priestly, the priestly office. Now, this is the way that we, we think, I think most times about, about the anointing. We, we think, well, I'm, I'm just anointed when the Holy Ghost comes on me. I just, the Spirit of the Lord, I've been filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and the anointing of God is, is on my life. But there is something that causes the anointing to be stagnant. And there are things that cause the anointing to be released. The anointing does not function and operate detached from purpose. We can be anointed by the Holy Spirit. But the anointing cannot accomplish what it is meant to accomplish until it is attached to a purpose. So if we are not functioning in the purpose of God for our lives, we possess an anointing that cannot operate and it cannot accomplish what it is meant to accomplish. Now let me just stop here for just a moment and let me just say, if you don't know who you are, you need to figure it out. If, if you don't know what your place is in the kingdom of God, you were not called out of darkness into this marvelous light to sit there on a pew and watch a performance on Thursday and Sunday. You were called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good of them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. Purpose. Now, how, how are you going to function in your purpose if you don't know what your purpose is? If you're letting other people define your identity, if you're trying to fit in with the crowd and you're listening to the opinions of others and they are, they are telling you what you should be doing and what you should be and what you should look like and who you should date and where you should work and, and what you should be doing anywhere in your life and people are defining who you are supposed to be but you have no real assurance of who you are and what your purpose is. You have to find your place in the body of Christ. For those of you that feel like every once in a while the anointing grows stale in your life, it's because something turned the spigot off. 
I don't understand. It was flowing. It was moving. Things were happening. God was blowing my mind and all of that kind of stuff. But somewhere you got off track and you, you, you veered away from the true purpose because you're trying to be something that you're not trying to do something that God didn't call you to do. You're trying to accomplish something for the kingdom of God. And serving is not enough. You have to serve in the capacity of your purpose. Am I making sense here tonight? You have a purpose. Every single person in here is put in the body for a specific purpose. The eye cannot say to the ear. The hand cannot say to the foot. I have no need of thee. You are, you are put in the body and you are fitly joined together and compacted with the body. So if the ear is trying to be the eye, the anointing can't flow. And the eye is trying to be the ear, the anointing can't flow. Because the anointing on the eye was to be the eye, not to be the ear. Am I making sense? In Numbers chapter 7, the Bible said it came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it. He anointed the tabernacle and he sanctified it. And he sanctified all the instruments. Now for them it was furniture, but they sanctified all the instruments. Both the altar and all the vessels thereof and had anointed them and sanctified them. The tabernacle could not fulfill the functionality for the reason that it was built. The very reason that God gave the architectural design for the tabernacle could not accomplish its purpose until the anointing came. You cannot accomplish your purpose without the anointing. But if you're not functioning in your purpose... The anointing can't flow in your life and you will frustrate the anointing of God on your life and wonder why the things that God is calling you to do are not coming to pass. It's because there has to be a direct correlation. It's like touching two wires together. The circuit cannot be completed. But you find me somebody that knows who they are and they know what their purpose is. I feel my help right now. And the anointing of God will begin to flow out of their life and begin to accomplish things that they could not accomplish on their own are you here tonight in first Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1 Samuel took a vial of oil and he poured it upon his head and kissed him and said is it not because the Lord listen is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance this was King Saul he said I'm pouring the oil on your head. But the next thing that comes with the pouring of the oil on your head is the prophetic direction for your life. When the anointing comes, there is a destiny that is birthed. And there is a word from the Lord. And when the enemy hears that word from the Lord... He's going to do everything you can, he can to keep you from looking straight ahead. He's going to look, you over, look over here. Look over here at her. Look over here at him. Look over here at that. Go over there. Be there. Be there. Hang out with them. Be in that crowd. Listen to what they say. No, no, no. But a person that will stay on the altar and say, God, I know who I am and I know what I've been called to do. And your anointing is on my life. Your hell is about... To lose its mind with somebody that's walking in the anointing and the purpose of God. I know this is simple tonight. In chapter 15 and verse 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee 
to be king over his people. He's anointed you to be captain over the Lord's inheritance. And he has anointed you to be king over his people Israel, now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Now, there was a problem in all of this because Samuel told Saul at the beginning of his kingship, right in this anointing process, when the word of the Lord was coming, he said, I'm going over here and I'm going to be back and then I'll make a sacrifice and then we're going to do this and that and whatever. But Saul got impatient. With the absence of Samuel and Saul stepped out of his purpose and tried to offer something that was not lawful for him to offer. And he upset God before he ever began his ministry. Saul, God didn't anoint you to be a prophet or a priest. He anointed you to be a king and the captain over the Lord's inheritance. Oh, what is going to happen in this world when the people of God quit trying to be something they're not? And quit trying to function and operate in somebody else's calling and election. And realize, hey, I didn't ask for this, but this is what I'm called to do. And I'm not walking in a priestly anointing. I'm going to go ahead and walk in my kingly anointing. And if people don't like it, I can't help it. But it's only when I'm acting in my kingly anointing that the anointing will flow and accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. Somebody said amen. Amen. The Lord said unto him, go return, 1 Kings 19, on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel. Now this is Elijah. The Lord is speaking to Elijah. And he said, I want you to anoint, everybody say anoint, Anoint. Haziel to be king over Syria. He was anointing a heathen king. To carry out his purpose. Because the Lord will lift up and he will bring down. And he will anoint whom he will anoint. But when he anoints, he anoints them for a purpose. He said, so I'm about to bring down. Oh, I love this right here. I'm about to bring down the house of Jezebel. And I have had a strategy for her for a long time. And so here's how we're going to do it. I want you to anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. I want you to anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And I want you to anoint Elisha to be the prophet in your stead. Elisha's not going to be the king of Israel. And Jehu is not going to be the king of Syria. And the king of Syria is not going to be the prophet of the, uh, the prophet that's going to function in your ministry and anointing. But if I can get Haziel and Jehu and Elisha to cooperate with my purpose, Jezebel don't have a chance because it's the anointing that's going to be released on her. The reason we have so much trouble in the body of Christ is because everybody's trying to be somebody else. You're who God created you to be. You're going to do what God created you to do. You're anointed to be what he called you to be. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. Oh, somebody clap your hands and praise and lift up the name of Jesus. Now, in 1 John chapter 3, John says this. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. He's about to 
He's about to give us the process of revelation. The world doesn't know us because they didn't know him. But I want you to know that we are called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall, he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever, listen to me, this is for all of you that think your profession of faith uh, permits you to continue to live in sin. He said, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth against also the law. For, the, uh, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away sins. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even as he is righteous. He that committeth sins. Sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Am I in the book tonight? For this purpose. For this purpose. For this purpose. For this purpose. Oh my God. If you want to know why he was the Christos. It was for this person purpose. That the son of God was manifest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Because he wants you to be free of sin. Oh, he was anointed to be a prophet, but he was more than a prophet. He was anointed to be a teacher, but he was more than a teacher. He was anointed to be the good shepherd, but he was the greatest shepherd. He was the chief apostle. He was the greatest evangelist, but he was anointed to destroy the works of the devil so that you and I could come out of our sin and lay it aside and live righteous so that the anointing could flow. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now watch this. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now some of you struggle with that. I understand. But the reason is not because he didn't deliver you from your sin. It's because you're not convinced that he delivered you and you're not convinced that what he has taken you into is better than what he brought you out of. And so you are trying to live in what he brought you into, but you are reaching back trying to put your hands on what he brought you out of because you don't have a revelation that you are a son of God. There's revelation. In this, the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. These are the children of God, and these are the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Uh-oh. The purpose of the anointed and the anointing is to destroy the works of the devil. Now let's go a little further. In Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, Isaiah is prophesying to Israel because they are being oppressed. They are, they're being attacked. They're being destroyed. They're, 
They're being killed. They're, they're, the women are being raped. The babies are being slaughtered by the Assyrians that are pillaging the nation of Israel. And Isaiah is prophesying in chapter 10 about a remnant that shall remain. Judgment is coming and the wrath of God is coming. And the Lord is cleaning house in Israel because he is trying to get rid of the goats that are there among the sheep. And I'm going to have a remnant that will remain, that will be righteous. And he said, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, the enemy's burden, the Assyrian burden, the burden that the enemy put on you shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck in that day. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, if the anointing cannot function without you walking in your purpose, that means when you are walking in your purpose, there is a release of apostolic anointing that is permeating your life. It is going out in every area of your life. And all of the burdens that the devil put on you and all the yokes that he's been causing you to try to be yoked up with, yoked up with things you should have never been yoked up with, all of a sudden the anointing begins to flow out of your life and the yoke has to come off of your neck uh, and that has to that burden has to come off of your shoulder I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost tonight that the Lord is about to get a revelation uh, to you about who you are and you're going to begin to walk in your purpose uh, and God is going to let the anointing uh, begin to flow out of your life uh, and we are going to destroy the Canaanite culture oh clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise yeah. Yeah. Praise God. You got to get rid of the carnal mind. It's enmity against God. Neither can it please Him. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither it can be. You can't walk in your purpose and live a carnal life. The carnal mind is enmity against God. I don't want, understand why my ministry is not going nowhere. Well, how much do you meditate on it? How much do you pray on it? How much are you in the word? How much are you seeking the face of God? How long do you stay under the altar? As long as you're carnal about your ministry, your ministry will be carnal. There is nothing worse uh, than someone that is talented enough to be in ministry but does it, isn't functioning in their purpose and doesn't know how to let the anointing flow out of their life. Uh, and they are ministering without the anointing because they have learned how to preach. They've learned how to teach. They've learned how to build friendships. They've learned how to build a corporation. But when you get the anointing flowing out of your life, God will build things through you that you never could have even started to build on your own. I'm preaching to somebody in this place that God is about to turn something loose in your life that's going to blow your mind because you're going to make up in my mind. I'm tired of being whatever else wants me to be. I'm tired of acting like they want. I'm tired of hanging out where they say I need to hang out. I'm tired of dating who they say I need to date. I'm going to live in my purpose. I've been anointed to be a king, to be a priest, to be a prophet. I'm anointed of God and his anointing is going to flow out of my life. It's going to change things. It's going to destroy the yoke. Woo! Hallelujah. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 
The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and he lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. He hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord, hear me tonight, shall be broken to pieces. I'm going to say it again. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. God is going to anoint his people. Now, I, I felt kind of stupid yesterday when I discovered this. And it, I just click on the word anointed like wonder what, they, wonder what it means, anointed. I think I know what anointing means. And I look, and it's the Hebrew word Messiah. And it's spelled, now you scholars over here, I'm late to the party. Brother Shelton say, I'm like Ned the first primer. You know, I'm just still trying to figure it out. It's spelled M-A-S-I-Y-A-H, and it's where we get the English word Messiah. Messiah. The anointing is the same in every instance. So when... He said to Saul, I am anointing you to be king over Israel and captain of the Lord's inheritance. What he was saying was, I am anointing you to be Messiah to your generation. That's what he was saying. When he came to David's house and he looked at Eliab and him, the Lord said, that's not him. And he looked at the next one. He said, that's not him. And he went all the way. He said, is there, is there another one? They said, oh, well, it's, yeah, there's a shepherd out there. And he you know, he's just a little runt. He's the runt of the litter. and you, I mean, he probably stinks and everything else. And you know, he said, bring him here. And when he walked in, the Lord said, that's him. And the correct interpretation was, I, Messiah, you to be king over Israel. You little shepherd boy that everybody, woo, <laughs> that everybody's written off. That nobody would have thought would even graduate at Bible college. He, 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 I mean, he didn't have, he, didn't, he don't have a whole lot of talents. I mean, he just tending the sheep out there. And oh, he's writing a bunch of psalms. And he's going to restore the tabernacle of praise to Israel. He's going to take Israel into the dimension of praise, that old shepherd boy. And I'm going to Messiah him for an appointed time because Saul has lost his way. And he's going in and out, help me, Holy Ghost, of his purpose. And I can no longer trust him with the anointing and so it ain't going to happen overnight but this shepherd boy is going to grow up and there's going to come a time 
time when Judah is going to Messiah him. And then all of Israel is going to Messiah him. And they're going to place the same Christos that was on Jesus. And he is going to deliver Israel. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. I wonder how many thousands or ten thousands that Saul would have slain if he would have stayed in his purpose. If you're a priest and you're anointed to be a priest, don't try to be a king. And if you're a king and anointed to be a king, don't try to be a priest. And if you're a prophet, don't try to be an apostle. If you're an evangelist, don't try to be a pastor. Anybody hear what I'm talking about here tonight? If you're a prayer warrior in the spirit, I'm going to talk to some of you prayer warriors out there. Because somewhere along the way, the enemy has convinced you that you've got to ascend to the pulpit to be something in the kingdom of God. But David had his mighty men. They weren't anointed to be king over Israel. He was anointed. He had Messiah on him. But as long as they were functioning in their purpose, joined to his anointing, his anointing came on them. And they slew the armies or the enemies of Israel. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. The enemy has been trying to sow confusion in your life to try to get you to step out of what God has really called you to do but in this place are some people that are going to come to grips with your purpose now Jesus I'm almost done Jesus is getting ready. Stay with me, D-Don. Jesus is getting ready. Oh, you sat down. To make his triumphal entry. Woo-hoo. Oh, God, have mercy into Israel. And he sends a messenger. He said, I want you to go down to such as somebody needs to hear me right now. I want you to go down. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. I want you to go down to such and such a place. And he said, when you get down there, he said, you're going to find a donkey tied to a rope upon whom never a man has ridden. It was a wild ass. Out of control. Hadn't been broken. Never been saddled. Never been used for anything productive. And Jesus said, I want you to tell the owner of the household, the master has need of it. And he said, when you say those words, he said, he'll, he'll undo the rope. And he said, I want you to bring me that donkey. Because the prophet said, he shall come riding in on a colt. Upon whom never a man has ridden. Because your purpose was prophesied long 
before you ever saw it come to pass. And it seems like not a big deal, but it was the fulfillment of a several century old prophetic word that this is what heaven determined would be my purpose and how it would come to pass. But I want my ministry to look like this. I want to be writing this when, when it happens. I want it to be like this when it, when it hits the social media world. I, I, I want it to play out like this. Jesus wasn't trying to write the, his own script. He was trying to do exactly everything that was in the prophetic word of his purpose and his destiny. And here comes this wild donkey. I'm speaking to somebody who's got a bunch of wild in your past. And you think that God can't use you. And you don't really have a purpose because you spent too many years doing things that you shouldn't have done. But that donkey, that was wild when the Christos sat down on it. That which was wild began to be used for his purpose. I don't know, I didn't get to go to Bible college. I, I don't know, I didn't grow up in the best schools in the best neighborhood. I, I don't know, I went to all the wild parties. I, I've been married a few times. I got some skeletons in my closet and the only thing I've been good for is to be tied to this post because they said I was wild. But Jesus is saying tonight I have need of you and I'm about to put... I'm about to put the anointing of God on your life. And when you begin to walk in your purpose, the Christos, the Messiah, the anointing is going to sit down on your life. I wish somebody would praise him. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him. Oh, Satanabokatai. Yeah. So listen to me. Listen to me. Don't don't lose don't lose the flow. Don't lose the flow, but you need to hear this. All the trash and all the vomit that the devil's been regurgitating into your life. Everything that just rah, just I mean it just seems like hell just rah, just vomiting stuff up in your life. You've been flailing at the wind, trying to figure out how to fight it. What's going on? What? But when you find your purpose, and when you finally say, Okay, God, my life is not my own. Not not anymore. I've been trying to do this my way. I told somebody this week, I said, you can have your plans. Make all your plans. But when all your plans fail, because God's going to let them fail, you're going to get your mind made up about what you're going to do in this world and this life. But God is going to let them burn to the ground. Not because he doesn't love you, but because his plans are always so much better than your plans. So if you want to keep frustrating yourself with your plans, you can. 
But sooner or later, you're going to have to come to grips that God has a plan for my life that is so much better than what I have planned for myself. And it comes with the anointing. It's a package deal. My plans don't come with his anointing, but his plans. His plans come with his anointing. Now, when that happens, and you start destroying the Canaanite culture around you, the culture of arrogance and the culture of pride, and the culture of being Facebook famous and the culture of notoriety and the culture of being popular and the culture of fitting in and the culture of egotism and the culture of lust and the culture of fornication. You all of a sudden have an anointing. Get out of my life. Don't disturb me. I'm walking in my purpose. I've been tied to a post for a long time, but the master has need of me and when God puts that anointing on your life and releases it things begin to break that you've never been able to break before there's a breakthrough that is coming in your life we are going to war on the Canaanite culture that's trying to keep you bound oh yeah I feel Messiah sit down in this place right now I feel the Christos sitting down in this place right now. God wants some people in this place right now to tell the Lord, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit. Oh, I'm gonna keep on saying it. Every person in this place, God, I submit to your will. You can't walk in his purpose without being 100% submitted to his will. I submit to your will. I submit to your will. I submit to your will. Come on, come, run to this altar. Run to this altar and lift your hands. I don't want you to kneel. I want you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, I surrender. I surrender, I submit, I submit to your will. Whatever you say to do, that's what I'm gonna do. Wherever you say go, that's where I'm gonna go. Whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to do, and the way you want me to do it, I submit. Go ahead and do that, because we're about to go to war right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Yeah, don't come up here to look around. I submit. I submit my relationships. I submit my career. I submit my home. I submit my marriage. I'm tired of trying to fight devils that I don't have an anointing to fight with. I'm ready to walk in my purpose, God. Whatever that is, whatever that is, I need a revelation of it, God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. You have anointed me with a, with a messianic anointing, with a Christos anointing, with the spirit of Christ to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, somebody. 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 Whoa! Ha-ha! Yeah. 
Come on, something's building. Something's building. Because at the point of your submission, the anointing is beginning to come down on your life. It is beginning to activate in your life. You're no longer going to be bound by a spirit of infirmity. You're going to destroy that spirit of infirmity. You're not going to be bound by a spirit of poverty. Oh, it's time to destroy it. Come on, come on. Tell him, Lord, I I don't want to be popular. I don't care about being accepted. I just want to be fit in the body. I just want to be fit for your purpose. The master has need of you tonight. Oh, yes, I feel it. Yes, I feel it. I feel that deep river of his prophetic anointing. God is about to lift the enemy's burden off your shoulder and he's about to take his yoke off of your neck in the name of Jesus. Y'all can let the cameras roll and come out of the booth and come out. The ushers can come. Come on. The anointing is about to destroy some things in this place tonight. Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. If you're watching on live stream, pray that prayer. I submit. I submit. I submit. I submit. I submit. I'm not going to argue with you, God. I'm anointed to be a king. I'm anointed to be a priest. I'm anointed to be the captain over his inheritance. I can't do something I'm not anointed to do. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My God. Oh, I feel it moving. I feel it moving. I feel it moving. I feel it moving. The angels of the Lord are gathering in this place. The river of his prophetic anointing is moving in this place. Go down into the river. Not ankle deep, not knee deep, not to the loins. But dive off into it. Waters to swim in. I don't care what anybody thinks about me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I want you to begin to get in your mind the things that you need the Lord to destroy in your life. He said you will utterly destroy them. They are greater and they are mightier than you. But I have set you above all nations. 
I have put you above all nations. You are my peculiar people. You are a special people. That's it. I feel the authority of God coming in this place right now. In the name of the Lord. We're getting ready to fight right now over everything he said in that day. His burden shall be taken off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck because of the anointing. Oh yeah, there it is. Come on. There it is. Somebody's about to get violent in this place right now. We're about to war for our city in this place right now. Some of you are still struggling with your will. I submit. I submit. I submit. That's it. Come on. Forget about your neighbor. Forget about your neighbor. I'm going to get victory in this place tonight. I am going to break it. I'm going to destroy it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let it out. Let it out. Hallelujah. I'm not living another day with this infirmity. I'm not living a, another day with this inferiority complex. I'm not living another day with my shame and my guilt. I'm not living with that. I'm going to utterly, 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 utterly destroy them. Now I'm praying right now, Father, open their eyes. Let them see that there's more that be with us and be with them. In the name of Jesus, somebody's gonna rise up. Somebody's gonna begin to move in your purpose here tonight. Somebody is gonna leave your own agenda. You're gonna lay the things aside that have been holding back the flow of the anointing in your life. The anointing has been stagnant, but God is about to break the dam that holds back the anointing. Jezebel will not have a choice when Haziel and Jehu and Elisha do what God has anointed them to do. Some of you are holding back just a little bit because you feel if you do what you feel, really feel like doing right now, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Go ahead. Somebody needs to make a fool of themselves here in this place tonight. Devil, you may be mightier than I am by myself, but you're not stronger than the anointing. It's not just noise. Let the anointing flow. 
Let the anointing flow out of you. Let virtue come out of your body. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I, I command you to walk in the calling wherewith you are called. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. young man come on young lady Jesus I gotta know what I am. I gotta know what my purpose is. For those of you that are warriors, my God, let Him use you and your purpose right now. Go to war in the Spirit right now. That's your purpose. You prayer warriors in here. Oh, hallelujah. Get up under the yoke of His anointing. See it in the spirit. See it in the spirit. Oh, Jezebel's coming down. Oh, Jezebel is coming down right now. I'm warring for my ministry. I'm warring for my marriage. I'm warring for my lost children. I'm warring for revival. I'm warring against the prince of this region. I'm warring. I'm warring for my freedom.
If you're not praying for yourself, turn around and pray with somebody else. Yoke up with them. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Now, if they're already breaking through, you don't need to worry about it. Oh, but there's some things breaking in this place tonight. I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit, I submit. For this purpose, for this purpose, for this purpose was I called. Oh, hallelujah. I'm anointed to bring my family out of bondage. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ila mahaka telabusia, rabakanda busike ataya. Ala maya telabuseke yanda labohukate. Ila ka alaha labose landa. Keep praying, keep praying. We're gonna cut the music because I want our musicians to be able to enjoy this atmosphere. But my God, something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. In the name of Jesus. Gotta break the yoke of alcoholism off of you if you'll submit to his purpose, if you'll submit to his will, if you'll not try to do it your way, if you'll do it his way. Just tell the Lord, I submit to your will, God. I submit to it. It doesn't have to look like what I want it to look like. I don't, I don't have to ride into town the way that everybody wants me to ride into town. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
The Christos is coming down on you. The Messiah is coming down on you. Some of you young people right now ought to be warring for your future ministry, your future husband, your future wife. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not some smoke that comes walking down the street and says, I like you, but God's choice for your life. If you get set on what you want, you're going to miss what God wants for you. I'm not just trying to make it go on and on and on, but what if some of you really earnestly blocked everything out of your mind tonight except the Lord? Where could he take you? What kind of revelation could he give you? What would he open up in your spirit if you gave it all to him? <laughs> 